0: We're discussing from the fourth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Yesterday we heard how oh Krishna in an effort to further inspire Arjuna, along the path of karma yoga, spoke to him about the historical legacy of the science of yoga dating back into antiquity. And he mentioned his own position in that, which was a little confusing to Arjuna, understandably, because there he was, sitting on the chariot as his friend, in human-like form, and saying that previously he had spoken this to the sun god, and that goes back a long, long Way. And as we mentioned, it's not common that humans will instruct the devatas, nor will they remember their previous lives. So the confusion of Arjuna arising from Krishna's statement opened the door for Krishna to speak about the principle of the avatar. Before Arjuna voiced his question, however, Krishna spoke further in the context of explaining the history of science of yoga, by way of mentioning Guru Parampara, and then he mentioned that the reason that he was giving the same knowledge to Arjuna that he gave to the sun god, this secret wisdom, wisdom of kings, was because why? Why did he give it to Arjuna? Close, but not quite. What else? sime Because you are my friend and my devotee. So Krishna is Arjuna's guru. So we should learn from this, that we should be friend and devotee of our guru. Servant, tinged with friendliness. Guru Pagaswami says, we should affectionately serve our Gurudeva. After all, as we heard last night, is our own heart come before us. As Krishna is in our heart, Antriyami Krishna is the heart of our heart. Our heart means our real self-interest. Krishna is our real self-interest. Appears before us as Bhaktashesta. How can we not have affection for such a person, such a manifestation? Nacintiva veda veda tattva. One and different is our own self coming before us in terms of our highest prospect. And so, after Arjuna questioned, Krishna began to answer. As I say, Arjuna opened the door with his inquiry and confusion for Krishna to speak about the nature of the avatar, his descent. And he spoke about the omniscience of the avatar, of himself, and of his eternality, both important points. And the very principal avatars, of course, foundational, understanding this is foundational to the life of bhakti. So this section on the avatar in Bhagavad-gītā, although somewhat of a tangent from what the topic is, Krishna is instructing Arjuna in this chapter about gāna-yoga, the fruit of nishkam karma-yoga. Nonetheless, this Tangential discussion is foundational for bhakti, so Valdivadjibhusan has commented that this discussion of the avatar lays the groundwork for that which will be elaborated upon in detail in chapters 7 through 12, which are all about bhakti, all about the tat of Tattamasi. First six chapters we learn about tuam, you, who we are and Tat is the Supreme Lord we learn about in greater detail in chapters 7 through 12. So, we come to text 7. In text 6, Krishna explained in some detail how his internal, by the arrangement of his internal energy, he manifests in the world, takes birth, but he's not under the influence of karma. He's born but unborn. Although I'm unborn, I take birth anyway. And I do so remaining in control of material nature, not coming under its control, and by the influence of my atma my internal energy. So that is introduced here. And then Arjuna wonders that if you're birthless and imperishable, Cetera. When and why would you choose to appear in a world of birth and death? This is your nature, you're eternal, imperishable, omniscient. Why do you want to appear in a world of ignorance, birth and death? When and why would you want to do that? So Krishna answers, First he says, when? And then he says, Why? When? He says, Whenever, O oh descendant of Bharata, Dharma is diminished and unrighteousness is on the rise, at that time I myself manifest. Dharma Sagranir. Oh, it sounds like Krishna is a product of unrighteousness. <laughs> Whenever there's unrighteousness, Krishna manifests. But we are taught something otherwise. Wherever there is righteousness, Krishna manifests. Wherever Krishna manifests, we should say further, then there is righteousness. So this doesn't mean to say here, Krishna doesn't mean to say that, well, wherever there's unrighteousness, that's the cause of my manifestation. And so he clarifies it in the next verse and explains further, not only the when, this is the when, but the why of his appearance. Paritranaya sadunam vinashaya charuskritam. Dharma samstapanarthaya sambhavami duge duge. Why? For the protection of the saintly and the destruction of evildoers, as well as for the purpose of establishing Dharma, I manifest in every age. So the principal reason for Krishna's descent is mentioned here first. Paritranaya sadunam. In the byproduct of that, Vina Shayachaduskritam. prutani Sadhana means to give shelter, protection to the devotees. As we discussed previously, Krishna reciprocates directly with his devotees. Devotee proper, who has the influence of his Surup Shakti entering in his heart, Krishna reciprocates in love with these devotees. So for the sadhakas and more the advanced devotees who are feeling intensely separation from Krishna, he comes to the world. They call him down. It is the teaching of Godisiddhanta that when the devotee becomes advanced in bhakti, and attains the state of surup-siddhi, realizes his innate nature and relationship with Krishna, while in this body, and actively is cultivating that. This begins at ruchi. It is, arises out of this ruchi taste, and then asakti develops, becomes apparent, we want to enter into bhava-bhakti, and it is cultivated internally in bhav-bhakti. And you can attain then up to prema, but in Gaudiya Vaishnavism we are concerned about developments beyond prema. Sneha, pranay, man, raguna, rag, bhav, mahabhav, these are all developments of prema relative to one's particular Staibhav, dominant emotion of love for Krishna, as dasya, sakya, vatsalya, Madhurja, bhakti. And so, because the soul can experience up to prem in this body, if we want to bridge prem, this super prem, further development of prem, then we have to take birth in the company of those type of devotees. So that is Krishna Leela. So to facilitate those bhaktas that have attained that stage and are very intensely feeling the separation from Krishna, this cultivation of viyog and vipralamba taught this. This is the uh, calls our progress in Puri. He showed deep, intense separation. He's sometimes called Vipralambamurti, a very deity, personification of separation. So feeling separation from Krishna, the devotees intensely desire his company and Krishna feels separation for them as well. So the Lila manifests in the world, and those devotees that have the opportunity to take birth in the Brajlila. And then in the association of the Nitya Siddha, Nitya Parikar, associates of the Lord who are the embodiment of the Swarup Shakti itself, then they further develop this frame in terms of Sneha, Man, rāga, Raghana, Pranay, Bhav, Anubhav, and so forth. And then from there, they Leave the Prakat Leela with the Nityasiddha devotees into the Aprakat Leela. is called Vastu Siddhi. Yadgatvanani Vartan Paramamama. Land of no return. So for these devotees, Krishna comes. This is his main reason. Because Krishna is only dealing in reciprocally with his devotees. The byproduct of protecting the devotees is destroying the miscreants, establishing the dharma. This is a secondary affair; it's a byproduct. So he's mentioned sadhunam first, and vinashayaaduskritam dharma samstapanartaya sambavami juge juge. If we want to emphasize, he comes to establish dharma, then we say he comes to establish prema dharma. So having explained the nature of his descent, the why and the, the when of that, Krishna next explains the result of understanding his descent. He says, Janma karma chame evam So here in in the midst of describing Nishkam Karma Yoga, Gana Yoga and all these topics, karma sannyas, will come, and dhyana yoga, in the first six chapters, Krishna tells Arjuna about the nature of the avatar, and the fruits of understanding, in truth, this descent. It's a hint as to the beauty of bhakti. Simply by understanding, he says, the divine nature of my appearance and my activities, then all these things that I've been teaching you and I'll continue to teach you in these first six chapters that are aimed at the result of punar Punarjanma, not taking birth again, attaining liberation, understanding the self, being freed from karma. <laughs> that it can be done very easily. Just by understanding the nature and truth of my divine descent and my Leelas. So such is the power. Of this. It is both powerful in terms of its how far reaching is the efficacy of meditation upon Krishna, understanding Krishna's Leela, Krishna's form, the nature of his descent, and it is compelling also in terms of its being facile, easy. So, our practice, our path is bhakti, which is about understanding the significance of Krishna's descent, the nature of his leelas and his birth and so forth, then the reach into transcendence that is the result of this culture belittles mukti, belittles liberation. And the method involved is is so sublime because we are naturally attracted to hear about great persons in their lives, and especially about their love lives. If any great person's love life hits the tabloids, then it will be a sellout of that newspaper that day. Buzz will be around and everyone will be talking about it. So here we have the love life of the Absolute. This is the Leela of Krishna. Krishna is God, but Krishna is the very heart of the Godhead, There are different incarnations, avatars of the Lord for different purposes. They are all motivated by love. But Krishna himself is the very enactment of love. This is what his leela represents. Impurity or in a way that demonstrating how the very enactment of love can be uh, realized by us. We are engaged in Pursuing this, but we're meeting with frustration because we don't have the proper knowledge. So, Krishna says, if you understand me in truth, what I am, the very heart of divinity, the love life of the absolute, your aspiration for fulfilling life in love will be realized. Well, the method is very sublime. This is why we hear about Krishna. This happens to be our path to hear about Krishna. There are other paths, and they may have been started by other avatars, like, for example, the Buddha. But the path of the Buddha is not to hear about the life of Buddha over and over again in every detail. That's not the path. Let's give some wisdom. Maybe there are some stories, some wisdom stories. But our path is to hear about every detail of Krishna's life, every nuance of it. Why at this time he moved his eyebrows like that, What did he mean when he was holding Govardhan Hill with his little finger in his left hand? Why he just used his pinky little finger so that he could have these other fingers in a fist-like, that he could look over them without anybody noticing and see gopis on the other side? Baladev noticed, of course, and Krishna blushed. Oh, Balaram's knowing (laughs) all these details. We don't hear about this the life of the Christ or Buddha or any other avatar of the Lord, for that matter. In general, of course, in bhakti path, we hear about the life of our Devata, it would be Ram or Nsinga and so forth. But Krishna's life is played out in such detail, as I say, the love life of the Absolute, so all of the details are important, because of the nature of love life. The secret language is being spoken in love, which only the lovers can know. A glance, a certain movement, nod of the head, speaking one thing overtly, but those who speak the language of love know what's really being said. This is our path. Why is it our path? Because Krishna is the heart of divinity. That's what we're interested in. This is why we can say it's non-sectarian. Krishna Consciousness, Gaudiya Vaishnavism. There are other avatars, there are other paths, and there's a purpose for all of them. Why they say what they say, what the path is, why it is what it is. We advocate hearing about every detail of Krishna's life and thinking about it over and over again. This is our path. Because this is the manifestation of divinity that speaks about the heart of divinity. Though so if we're interested in that, this is the one to take. And why should we not be, the logic follows, interested in this path when it's so sublime? And if you sit and think about it, madam, sir, is not this not what you're really interested in? Love? Beyond knowledge? Are you interested in knowing? Or only knowing enough to be happy? And then being relieved of the burden of knowing. Are you interested in knowing just uh, what all the problems are so that you can be freed from them and rest? Or is there anything you want to do in life? So such a sublime path. Hear about Krishna, chant about Krishna, discuss his leelas over and over again. This is our primary sadhana, hearing and chanting about Krishna. And that doesn't mean that we hear about Krishna leela but we're not interested in the tattva. No, these things are combined. Tattva, and Krishna says here, who knows about my lila, tattvataha. My janma, my karma, their dibhyam. who knows about it, tattvataha. Who knows the tattva about this? So don't shy away from the philosophy in the name of being, a, oh, I am just into the nectar. Jairadhe, jai <laughs> no. no. What is that have To Think about that. So we should tax ourselves. we should tax our intelligence for understanding the philosophy and it's presented the ideas in such a supplying way. So in the beginning we'll hear about Krishna, but what will be of much more significance to us than the Leela is the philosophical import of that Leela and applying that in our life. And when we do that, then we can get actual attraction for every detail of the Leela and appear to have, be uninterested in the tattva. This is a position of great devotees. But if in our beginning stage we are uninterested in the tattva we are just imitating, then we we won't understand Krishna in truth. What is the result of understanding in truth? That punar janma one gets free from birth and death. Then Krishna says further vita ragabayakralam bhavo jñānatapasa magata so who understands him in truth he's giving some further explanation of the ramifications of tatvataha knowing him as he is there should be some symptoms of that not that we are simply talking about Krishna Leela Jairādhe but we're full of kaṁ krodh bhaya he says vīta rāga Munmaya Mamupashrita. The people who have understood me in truth, who have Mamupashrita, taken shelter of me, Vita, Ragu, Bhaya, Krodha. We find these things are absent in them. Gone away, Vita, Raga, means attachment for material things. Bhaya, fear, Krodha, anger. By thinking of me, Munmaya. Mamapashrita, surrendering unto me, thinking properly about me, according to the philosophy. This is the result, this has happened, he said. There are people, many people. Bhavu Gyanatapasa Putamad Many people. And he says here Gyanatapasa. The austerity of knowledge. So he's telling us to know me in truth, some austerity of knowledge. This is Bhagavad Gita. What does Krishna say in the end? Who studies this by jnana-yajna, who's engaged in the jnana-yajna of studying the Bhagavad Gita, this is a kind of worship of me. It means to use your intelligence. Bhagavad Gita is sometimes described as the civilization of intelligence. And Sumat Bhagavatam, civilization of the soul proper. So this is the doorway here. Get divine intelligence by bringing your intellect in contact with Bhagavad Gita and understanding its message, Gyana Tapasa. Actually, Gyan means Tapa. Tapa means Gyan. Tapa means austerity and Jnana means knowledge. We are told by Rishabh Dev, Tapodibhyam putrakarina shudhyat yasmat, Brahma sokyam tvanantam. If we want Brahma sokyam tvanantam, spiritual happiness that has no end, goes on forever. This is what we want, no doubt. Then, tapoddibhyam. You have to be prepared to engage in some austerity of a divine nature. This is bhakti. Bhakti is a divine austerity. Bhakti is jnana. It is the highest knowledge, radhya Krishna says. It is the supreme knowledge, so we should not shy away from austerity that's necessary, that's required for the progress in Krishna-nushilanam. Some things are favorable, some things are unfavorable. We should know what they are. Avoid the unfavorable and embrace that which is favorable. This is Sharanagati for the sadaka. Sharanagati is sixfold. And in sadhan bhakti, This sharanagati, what Śrīdhā used to describe as the stage on which the drama of bhakti is performed. Krishna says, He's talking of sharanagati. Lay the stage, be surrendered, then the life of bhakti will manifest, the drama of bhakti will manifest there, and we'll find ourselves as a player in that drama but not if we're not Sharanagata, surrendered, And Sharanagati is mentioned in Vayu Purana sixfold. Ramanuja has commented on this, and Shirup Goswami has commented, Bhaktivinoda Thakur has written songs that uh, correspond with the sadanga, six limbs of Sharanagati. Now we should study these things, sing those songs. See how merciful the charges are. And this is Bhakti, this is Vrindavan Bhakti. Turn the philosophy into a song. <laughs> how Mother Yasoda remembered Krishna. How could she forget, we can say. But she engaged the minstrels in writing songs about Krishna Leela and singing them. There's a mercy of Bhaktivinoda in Narottam Thakur. They took all the secret, abstract wisdom of the Vedas and turned it into song. That is Vrindavan. What does Brahma Samhita say? Shia kanta Shia kanta, kanta, kanta parama purusha Kalpataru taro mm-hmm. trumabhumis cintamani ganam toyam amritam kathaganam natyam gamanam apivam sipriyasaki chidanandam All these nice things. That place, Shia kanta kanta parama purusha Kalpataru where the parama purusha has so many Lakshmis and he's the one center male, everything all well, prakriti surrounding him, endowed with serving disposition. The trees are desire trees. Kalpataru Chintamani. The land is chintamani yamamritam, The water is nectar. And the talking is singing, the walking is dancing. And Jiva marveling about the nature of this Goloka, that very, very few people know about, he said, if the talking is singing, if the walking is dancing, what must be the singing there? What must be the dancing there? We cannot imagine. Such a place. Goloka el premo dhāna hari nāma What is the benediction of Sankirtan? Param vijayate sāṅkīrtanam Mahābhava said. The essence of Golok has come in the Sankirtan. Nartam Thakur Singh. Goloka el premo dhāna hari nāma sāṅkīrtana As we were discussing in Yanuka Kasur Lila, earlier, Ram Ram Krishna Krishna Ram Krishna Krishna Ram. They are doing kirtan also. Cowherds are doing kirtan as they enter into the forest, as they return. Kirtan is also there in the sadhya and in sadhana. In Bhakti narutam Taku Naratam taking all these abstract, obscure tatva of the Upanishads, all the Vedic literature making it in the song, the essence of that. But you should sing it, but know the meaning of the song. Become acquainted with the meaning. They're sharing their hearts with us, actually, in these songs. By singing the songs of Bhaktivuna Thakur, we can share in his heart. This is pretty lakshanam. Guhyamakyati pricati. Loving dealings, sharing his heart. We are to inquire confidentially. In Bhakti, What does it mean? Confidentially reveal our minds to our Guru. Oh, I have this problem. Oh, I have that problem. That is not the idea. This is not. Guya makyati It Means, we want to know what is the heart of our Gurudev. And we inquire confidentially. Please, you share that with me. Mahajanu Yenakata Supamtha. That is... Uh, Dharma satattva nitham guhayam. Mahajan katasapanta. The dharma The truth about dharma. Tavay pum dharma. This kind of dharma, Srimad Bhagavatam, is in the heart of the Mahajan. So we have to inquire in such a way that, in confidence, if he shares something about that with us, then we're very fortunate. It doesn't mean we just come and dump all our problems on Gurudev and expect him to solve all of our psychological, sociological, human problems. We should know that the real solution to all these problems is getting ourselves within the bigger picture of what life is about, which makes all those problems shrink up. They become very small and insignificant. In other words, they can be seen for what they are. They can get on with our life, something more important to do. To iron out every psychological hang-up, and even great souls we find psychological hang-ups, it would appear. <laughs> Some work can be there, that's all right. But the principal method for dealing with all of it, this is Hari Namsan Kirtan, hearing from great devotees, seeking their company. This just gives us a much bigger picture of what life's about. When we enter into that, then all the problems of our life, that seem so big, become so small, we get the proper perspective from which to be with them. This is again the beauty of our path. This is our tapasya, hearing about Krishna. Tapa means knowledge. And Brahma heard this sound, tapa, tapa. He was searching himself out with his foreheads in all directions and he heard tapa. It means knowledge and it means austerity. How does knowledge mean austerity? Just like if you want to think clearly, and deeply then you have to go to a quiet place where you're not going to be distracted by sense objects then you can sit and you can think clearly so the point is as we move away from a life of sense indulgence we can think clearly that sense indulgence that transaction between the objects of the senses and the senses this is the realm of karma not the realm of jnana, of knowing. It's the realm of karma, of exploitation, of not knowing, of ignorance. So as we move away from that, voluntarily accepting some tapa, some austerity, then we can experience some peacefulness, ability to think clearly. This is the general idea. And in school of bhakti, it means what? In Charanagati? That things that are unfavorable for Krishna's service, I move away from them what's favorable i embrace this is our tapa this is our austerity and for the sadaka in sadhana bhakti sadhana bhakti bhakti prema bhakti the sixfold aspect of Sharnagati develops sequentially in three stages in sadhana bhakti we should focus in terms of Sharnagati as a sadaka on accepting what's favorable rejecting what's unfavorable you can understand if you think this out That will lead to a life of some austerity. What I may want in my mind may not be favorable for Krishna's service, therefore I will reject it. What I may may not be pleasing to my mind but is favorable for Krishna's service, I will embrace it. What is the result of this? The goods and bads and happies and sads of my mental world, Dvandvamohena, World of bewilderment of duality, I transcend by accepting what's favorable for bhakti and rejecting what's unfavorable. The so called favorables and unfavorables that are a product of my mind, the small world of my mind, are transcended. Quickly one comes then to advanced stage of bhakti, it comes to the spiritual platform, because this knowing Brahman is above dualities. And in that stage, we can cultivate bhav bhakti, prem bhakti, from a liberated position. Directly, we can culture the bhav bhakti. It is beyond liberation. So if we are to be directly involved in the culture, then this must have already happened as a byproduct of saranagati and bhakti. So we should not shy away from that which may cause us some physical discomfort if it is favorable for Krishna's service. Krishna says here, Mahoganyanathapasa. Many people did this and in this way, they understood me in truth for who I really am. The result is they don't take birth again and they're in a position to cultivate love for me. Prabhupada used to say, the only difference between a sannyasi and a pure devotee of Krishna is love of God. The sannyasi, real sannyasi, has given up material life. He means he's gone beyond the dharma, concerns for the dharma-shastra and karma. He's just in a position to cultivate love of God. This is his only business now. Of course, we'll arrive at that as well in the context of bhakti through the cultivation of love of God in an apprenticeship position. So, understand Krishna in truth. It's a simple idea, a beautiful, attractive idea, but as simple as it sounds, if we look at it deeply, we see there's a little more to it as well. Just to understand Krishna. Oh, I understand Krishna, his birth and his activities. We can speak some philosophy about it. Krishna is not under the influence of karma, Krishna's body is eternal, we can go and tell everybody this, but if we're really understanding it, this verse is saying, our lives are changing, Vita Raga, Vita, Raga, Bhaya Krodha, these things are going away, so are these things going away in our life? We should invoke this criterion for understanding, am I making progress? We should look for some road signs, Siddha Maharaj was asked, have you seen Krishna? by one of my godbrothers, And he so patiently dealt with him. The fellow insisted over and over again. Every answer Siddhama gave, he kept saying, but, I mean, have you actually seen Krishna? <laughs> First he said, what good will such questions do you? He told the story of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Did I tell this earlier? He told the story of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. I was with, he said, my Guru Maharaj, and one dignified man from the community came, his family, for darshan. After the darshan, he asked Guru Maharaj, I want to speak with you privately. So Guru Maharaj allowed, and Sridhar said, at that time I was newer in the mission, and I thought, what this big important man is going to talk privately with Guru Maharaj? I want to know what that is. So he went and hid in the bushes. (laughs) This kind of eagerness is good. (laughs) This kind of greediness for knowing and understanding, this has some value. I had a little of this in me also, in that Prabhupada, I was not a GBC, and before I had taken Sannyas also, I used to go on a walk with Prabhupada. Prabhupada told me, in 1974, I was allowed to come to India for the first festival here in Mayapur, and then we came to Vrindavan. So Prabhupada called me, and when I came to Mayapur, he called for me and he said, so you are preaching all year long and distributing my books, so I want every year you come here and spend one month with me in Mayapur and Vrindavan. A very difficult order to fulfill. (laughs) I said, yes, Prabhupada, I will do. And so we would come and spend a month with Prabhupada, and of course Prabhupada would go on his famous morning walk, and every morning, without a fail, they'd get up there and make the announcement, All right, Prabhupada's going to go on his walk now. Only GBCs and only sannyasis will go on the morning walk. And there's a practical side to that. Obviously, everyone couldn't go on the walk. And those GBCs and sannyasis were doing important leadership work. So it was practical. I don't fault them for it. But their way of instructing it sometimes bordered on being faulty as well. It lacked a certain heart sometimes that... Was not representative of Prabhupada. I was in Chicago with Prabhupada once in a day having darshan of Prabhupada, and one devotee was so much, they didn't, GBC didn't allow him in. And he so much wanted to get in that he was, went outside, he stood on the shoulders of another devotee and was creaking up the window (laughs) to get his ear in to listen. And he fell off the other devotee in a big commotion and noise, and GBC were very upset. Oh, this fellow has done, and purpose said, who is that? What is that? Oh, so and so. Bring him in. <laughs> he wants that much to come in. Bring him in. We should know all the laws so that we know when to break them. If we really know the laws, then we know when to break them and when not to. There may be a time when they also, have, if we understand them, their import, then certainly there'll come a time when they can be broken, and they must be broken, to fulfill what they're speaking about. <laughs> so anyway, I used to go on the walk. I ignored what they said. I went right up on the walk. And Prabhupada would always talk to me. He would ask, So, Triparari, what are they saying? Because he knew. All these GBCs they were always dealing with the devotees. I was out in the field preaching to the people. So he would ask, What are they saying? And I would give him, Well, sometimes they say this, Prabhupada. And then he would, so he was very kind to me. and I think I was seen as a little bit of a nuisance to some of the GBCs and Sannyasis, and that's why I took Sannyas because I became fed up with their policy. I asked Prabhupada if I take Sannyas, and then I can go on the walk, and I had no problems. <laughs> <laughs> that was my motive. So we should have a little uh, eagerness for this kind of thing. So Bhaktisundar Swami or went in the bushes in a private place to speak to this gentleman, and there Sridhar is hiding with his eagerness to hear what Guru Maharaj will say and what he will ask, this man will ask. This man asked, he's looking to see if anyone's around, he said, Have you seen Krishna? (laughs) And Prabhupada said, What good will that do if I answer your question? So many people in Bengal are saying they saw Krishna. If I say yes, I've seen, then I'm just like all of them. What value will that be to you? What will you know by that? And if I say no, then you think, why should I listen to him? He hasn't seen Krishna. No, he is trying to say the nature of the inquiry is not very spiritual and valuable. For that matter, even a sadhaka can see Krishna. And is our goal to see Krishna? Is that what we're trying to do to see Krishna? We're trying to serve Krishna. Is there any question? Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur is serving Krishna. Then why have the question? Has he seen Krishna? (laughs) He's seen Krishna. That's why he's doing that service. He's seeing what Krishna is about. He's seeing what Krishna wants. He's doing that. That's seeing Krishna. You just come and look at me. What will be the value of that? Uh, How dear will you become to me just by looking at me? I want to see you, I want to see you. But if I want to see you, that becomes important then. Then your life becomes meaningful. If I was an important person. If I wanted to see you, then your life would be important. Do you want to see me, what is the value of that? You may look and then I may ignore you. Look right past you. Just to satisfy ourselves personally. No, this is not what bhakti is about. So, is there any doubt that Bhaktisadana Thakur was serving Krishna? How do you do all those things if you're not seeing him? Seeing means seeing what he wants. This has to be done for Krishna. That has to be done for Krishna. Everyone part and parcel of Krishna. Mahaprabhu wanted everybody to get Krishna. Make a bigger arrangement, with Brihat Madanga. So, this is not well thought out, this kind of inquiry. Guru Mahārāj Prabhupāda Sarsi Thakur answered it in this way. Finally, anyway, after even hearing this story, my godbrother was asking Shudarmarsh, have you seen Krishna? He said, but, but anyway, still, I want to know, have you seen Krishna? <laughs> Shudharmash said, I will not be so audacious to say that I have seen Krishna, but I have seen signs along the way, road signs along the way, and I'm encouraged by that. So we should look for road signs along the way. We should look for Bita Raga by Akrodha. We should look for the Raga, material attachment, Krodha, anger, bhai, all these things are vita, going away by our culture of Krishna consciousness. Then we know we're connected to the center of this. So Krishna has instructed us just understand the truth about my divine appearance and activities, and everything will be fine. What is the evidence that one has done that? Some evidence. He's given here. Then he comes, text 11. Text 11 will require some explanation. We only have 10 minutes. What to do? <laughs> Krishna says that in whatever way persons take refuge in me, I reciprocate with them accordingly. Everyone in all circumstances, O Sanaprita, follows my path. So, famous verse. This verse is the pramāna for Lord Caitanya in Bhagavad-gītā. Where is Lord Caitanya in Bhagavad-gītā? He's in this verse. In the previous verse, Krishna's two verses, he's speaking about his appearance, his activities, the value of understanding them. He's speaking about bhakti. This is what goes on in bhakti. So his mind is going to the bhaktas. He reflects on different types of bhaktas, different types of devotees whose hearts are full of spiritual emotion for him, bhava, which then dictates their particular approach. And the approach becomes more refined and specific. And as these devotees come onto his mind, then this verse is coming, So this verse is really about this. Those who surrender to me, accordingly, I reciprocate. Now there may be persons who also approach Krishna, but not in bhakti, not in, with a heart laden with love. Krishna reciprocates with them as well, indirectly. He gives the karma yogis the knowledge that is the fruit of karma yoga, and the gyanis who want mukti, he gives them mukti. And those who come to bhakti, then he deals with it directly. And gives them himself, he shares himself with them relative to their particular approach in Bhav, then he reciprocates as, as friend, different kind of friend, as lover, and Madhur Duras, so many different shades of that. This verse should not be misunderstood, as it is sometimes, to mean, what is that, Ram Krishna? uses Yatamat Tatapat. Whatever way you go, whatever path you take, it is all the same. No, this is not what Krishna is saying here. He's saying, everyone follows me in all respect. It means that there's only me. People are approaching me in one way or another for material gain, by interacting with my material nature, by one spiritual discipline or another. I'm behind all of this. But as they approach then I reciprocate. So every path is not the same. Every path, this is a silly analogy, all roads, what do they say, all paths lead to the top. Is that our experience? Have you ever been to the top of a mountain? There may be thousands of paths leading to the mountain. And maybe hundreds go up partway, but only one goes to the top. To get to the top of the mountain, finally there's one road going there. And that is the road of bhakti. The path of Bhakti, Bhakti Marg, Rag Bhakti. So Krishna is saying that as they approach, then I reciprocate, and they will see one side of me or another. And what is the fullest then expression of what Krishna is speaking about here? te tam Ham. That is how we come to Lord Chaitanya. When we take this verse to the extreme, Krishna is saying, according to how devotees approach me, I reciprocate. But what we find in Ras is that gopis approached him in such a way that he couldn't reciprocate. Why Krishna left the rasa He left the rasa to observe the gopis' love in separation. Krishna is rasaraj, so he's connoisseur of love. This is only business, relishing love. They wanted to see the Gopi's love increase. Just like a person who gains something very valuable and then loses it, then their sense of that value increases so much, what in its absence. So they had gained Krishna. And this is in the after so many chapters, thirty some chapters of Bhagavatam telling the life of Krishna. And the relationship is developing, we heard in Denukasur Leela and uh, Kaliya Dhamma purva Purvarag manifest they hadn't met him but it's beginning to develop and so forth finally finally after such a long time and difficulties of others arranging their marriages and so forth they finally meet in Rasalila with Krishna for union the consummation of their relationship and in Vastraharana uh, Lila, Krishna promised them in the stealing their garments at that time. He promised, yes, in a future night, then we'll make this official. Finally, this night arrives, there is Krishna, and he disappears in the midst of the dance. So what was their loss? This is his trick. He wanted to observe the intensity of their love, but he was shocked by it. Shocked by the intensity of their love. And he realized, I'm a connoisseur of love, but I've never seen anything like this. Therefore, I have to pay my obeisances to this love. I cannot reciprocate, proportionate to your love. Your love has exhausted my capacity to reply. Therefore, I tell you what. Your love is more than I, in mystic way. Not in the day of Brahma. Napareham <speaking in Hebrew> Your love... Samyajam, the honesty, the integrity of your person with which you approached me, I cannot reciprocate. Even if I had a day of Brahma, a life of Brahma, rather. Therefore, I have to tell you, you have to be satisfied with what you have, your bhakti. It's superior to me. I take it on my head. This is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is Krishna. Realizing gopi's love, Radha's love, is worshipable by me. The worshipable object of everyone has found his own worshipable object in Radha's love. And I am chasing after that, going after that. This is Krishna. In chasing after the Mahabhava Radha, appearing in the dynamic form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Sham Krishna. Color of love appearing in golden color full of compassion for the fallen souls in his plight that compassion is overflowing. So Bhagavad Gita reaches a, a pitch here in this description of the avatar, and then Krishna will proceed now to along his path of explaining the necessity for Arjuna at this time to perform Nishkam Karma Yoga and acquire the purity of heart that causes gyan to manifest, and so forth. And all of this in the Course, emphasizing the ultimate conclusion of bhakti. Any question? All right, I think we should stop there. Srimad Bhagavad gita ki jāi, Golambha Mahāprabhu ki jāi, Golivāsana Gurupamphara ki jāi, Bhakti Bhadānta Swami Prabhupāt ki jāi, Bhakti Rakshak Sīra Devāsāmi ki jāi, Bhaktisaranta Sarasarī Thāku Prabhupāt ki ki O Pramanandhi.